Hello there. You're listening to Local Bops, a music podcast about artists, community, and craft. And I'm your host, Connor Beckett. For this episode, I spoke with Sean and Peter of the New York alternative rock project Glom, an outfit known for a fuzzy instrumental disposition, one that belies a humanistic and occasionally spiritual lyrical content. It's a quality that I enjoy in particular about Glom as a band, that there's more happening below the surface meriting a deep dive, facets of generally sunny music that obscure something deeper. To that end, we spoke at length about the tracks on their most recent effort, Merit, the capitalist hellscape we all currently reside within, the band's predisposition towards four-letter words, and Wes Anderson. And of course, alongside our conversation, we'll give a listen to some performances by Peter and Sean in the local Bop studio. Take a listen. I was listening to Merit, and I, I felt like it was a record that really perfects this sort of kind of hard vanishing act of feeling sunny in all of its performances, both like the vocals and the instrumentals. But there is this kind of, you know, deep human, like human element, like a somewhat lacrimose quality that's just below the surface, more so than my experience listening to Bond, at least. Just walk me through the production of that record, I guess, from the completion of Bonds through the end of that release uh, in, mm-hmm. at the end of 2020. We were just talking to someone in preparation for um, the next release, uh, and and he said a similar thing about um, the energy in the music, where it, uh, like lyrically, uh, it can be a little bit dark, or at least vaguely, like, sad or something, even though a lot of it is pretty abstract, and yet it's like framed in these, um, like sonic packages that are in in a lot of cases more like uplifting or upbeat or at least up tempo mm-hmm. um so I, I think that is a cool um element to our like to what we're working with at this point and um kind of to tie that back into the to this question as a whole i think with bond we had like we were still figuring ourselves out and every time we reflect on it I think that's what we what we see. It's like Bond was us like getting our footing and probably expressing a lot of just like pent up like energy and, and wanting to like release something and and uh, create something. Um, whereas whereas Merit through a different process, which incorporated more of uh, our producer Sahel. Um, and a couple other friends, we were able to refine the sound to the point where um, any sort of loose ends in like energy or vibe on on Bond were sort of tucked in. And and I think that, um, yeah, we were just able to achieve what we set out to do, which was like uh, serious music that that we uh, feel connected to but never making it like difficult to listen to right because you you get too sad and then it's like i can't listen to this every day or (laughs) Mm. i'm gonna you know go in a sour direction um but yeah present like the the facts of a of of life from the from the happy to the sad but but give it 
give it all sort of an uplifting energy. The original iteration of what the Bond demos were, mm-hmm. we really wanted the vibe to be like like heavy with like pop like mm-hmm. vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, the recording is definitely heavier than what we sound like now but it's not as heavy as it was mm-hmm. if that yeah. makes sense like the original it like the original demos of it were way way more of that contrast mm-hmm. where it was like super like, i don't know at the time like we were really listening to a lot of like kind of like that it was like 2017 2018 like kind of like bands that were hardcore bands that started not being hardcore anymore mm-hmm. like yeah like for example there's a band called bug that's from wisconsin i think and that was a big inspiration for me they're not really like on social media or anything like that but they they it's like this like midwest like hardcore slash emo Mm -hmm. like resurgence um but like that was the kind of thing where it was like it was really heavy because i like heard that and i was like i think we can write something that's like this except more listenable mm-hmm. that was my theory <laughs> yeah. i don't know if it actually <laughs> well it's worked it, out it's it's interesting you say that as like a mentality like heavy with like sort of pop sensibilities yeah. because i do feel like merit kind of uh is the inverse of that in yes. many ways it's a much more yes. record that le- that l- like leans on those pop sensibilities but there is a, like a heavier sort of accent to yes. like all of the tracks and i think that that feels more comfortable for us mm-hmm. to do um because realistically speaking like when we started Glom, it was all about dichotomies, like mm-hmm. two different things that are like together in kind of like a yin yang or whatever. Because with Merit, like the lyrics are fairly dark, like in my opinion, like, mm-hmm. you know, the 10 songs are like fairly serious. There's a lot of issues that are talked about, despite the fact that they're pretty vague um, or it's like kind of abstract mm-hmm. the way that it's presented to you. But like, you know, from the songwriting perspective like these songs were really in a dark time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so having them packaged in a way that's like very fun to yeah. listen to is important in my opinion where it's like i want you to be able to listen to it like on a road trip or at like a barbecue or something but then like not you can kind of tune out the lyrics for that point, like point in time. But mm-hmm. when you're like by yourself listening to it, it's like, damn, like something's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's something very human about that. I think like, you know, I, we all, we all carry this burden with us, you know, whether it's, you know, present or uh, a little bit more subconscious, but I think that mm-hmm. uh, working through that and just, you know, doing your best to survive right. uh, is somewhat distilled into uh, a lot of the tracks that we hear on merit. Uh, I don't know if that was something you were thinking about. Well, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I would say, What's funny about it is that at our last show, um, let's also set the scene because like the last show that we like, I was not, ex- I prior to COVID like we would go into shows and I, the day of the show I'd be like full freakout mode, mm-hmm. not from a musical perspective because like I know that we can play and mm-hmm. like we've been playing for a long time. It was more from a business side where I'm like, if no one shows up to the show, this is really bad like the booker's not going to book us anymore then it's going to spread to other venues whatever they would always work out but with this show this is the first time we played a show that was like ticketed like when we played at pianos it was a little different because it was like through someone booked the show not from the venue so it was like it was a night you know when we played this show this was like booked direct with the venue there was somewhat pressure to sell tickets um on our end to be 
like pumping the pre-sale link. I was really nervous when we before we like went to the show because I was like, oh, man, like no one's gonna come to this. Like it was weird because like Mercury Lounge usually like sends you emails if like you need to be like doing better like mm-hmm. with your with your ticket sales or whatever. They never sent us any emails, so I was like, it's either no one's gonna be there or it's like fine. Um, and then it turned out being great. Yeah, there's a great attendance at that show. Yeah, yeah, it was there was a lot of people. But what was really funny about it is that this was like the first time that there was a significant group of people like there that was there like for us that we didn't know at least through six degrees of separation. Like they had found us out somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was this one guy there that was super fan. And he was talking about how his friend in California showed him the the group and they were camping at Yosemite and they were just listening to the album while they were like on like chilling by the fire, drinking beers. I was like, that's it. That's, yeah. That's the life, you know? That is the exact setting that this music was made for. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one of them. Well, I think on that note, let's talk about the first track. We are about to pop off on a Glom song, a uh, track that uh, that Sean and Peter are going to perform for us in the local Bop studio. Tell me about the uh, the first track that you're going to perform, which uh, I think we're still undecided of at the at, as I say this out loud. Usually, we- I have it in my my show notes. Uh, <laughs> what what song would you like to perform first for us? Well, we can do the the first one that will be released in the near future, mm-hmm. which by the time this comes out, may be the past, but. It'll at least be near the present. Um, and so that song, so it's called She Has Made It to the Other Side, which is our longest song title to date. And it was written, uh, orig- like original demo was written right after we finished Merit, actually. Um, we finished recording it in the studio. And um, personally, I felt a big uh, creative burst after that, like just seeing you know, I've like been playing with and like recording with these same people since high school. Uh, so to see us like in this studio, you know, we, we went up to the outlier in, um, upstate and it was our first time in like a fully decked out professional studio for several nights. Um, and to just like realize where, you know, we had come from just in the basement of our, you know, Sahel's like house where I grew up. And and now here we are like laying down 10, you know, tracks that we were really proud of that. uh, And the band already had a little bit of, you know, momentum by that point and just like imagining where we could go. Um, As soon as I got back from that trip, I, I was like, I'm ready to write some new, some new content here. And, um, yeah, we spend a lot of time creating some new songs. And, and so, the, yeah, the original demo is from that era, which is already like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then during the, the shutdown pandemic, uh, Sean and I had a chance to sort of just get together with two acoustic guitars and work on it. He instantly came up with a, the, the riff that would, you know, lead into the, the first part of the song. Uh, we workshopped the chorus a little bit and then um, from there, uh, Sahel, when he heard the song, had a vision for it that involved a drum loop and um, kind of layered guitars, uh, which which led to like another sort of evolution of of our sound. Um, in that, it it feels very very much like a glom song, based on merit, but uh, it's got new elements that I think you know if 
anyone's out there listening, they'll appreciate. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, let's bend our ears right now and give a listen to She Has Made It to the Other Side by Glom right here, right now in the Local Bop studio. Check it out.
That was She Has Made It to the Other Side by Glom, a.k.a. Sean and Peter, performed in the local Bops studio. Um, I want to play a quick game before we get back into the questions that I call four-letter words, sort of a word association game. Uh, basically, I was inspired by the somewhat Spartan titles of the tracks on Merits in the sense that every song is a single word, and they're usually four or five letters with a couple of exceptions. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to say a four-letter word pertinent to Glom and its history, and I want you to respond with the word that you associate with it, which doesn't have to be four letters. Mm. Um, so, sound good? Easy. Yes. Easy. All right. So, first word, four letters, fuzz. Oh, pedal. Pedal. All right. Pretty straightforward. Uh, second word, Croc. Oh, uh, sponsored. Sponsor? Do you guys actually have a sponsorship with Croc? They gave us they gave us twenty two pairs. They gave you twenty two pairs of Crocs. Yeah. Twelve of them were a mistake, but <laughs> ten of them were, were legit. Put the same shipping label on it by accident. Uh, so we got two boxes. <laughs> that's very that's very good. Uh, Sean, Peter. I was gonna say Peter. Fuck. <laughs> uh, pink. Rose. Rose. I was thinking about the color of uh, of merit, so yeah, that works too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was thinking about flowers. Okay, that works okay. as well. Um, Admo. What was uh, that? Admo. Short for Adams Morgan. Oh, 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 oh. Mm-hmm. Um, Sloppy. Nice. Oh, I was gonna say uh, jumbo. Jumbo. jumbo oh, slice. a jumbo slice. Uh, two, yeah, there we go. Harder. Now we're getting into or falafel. It. Oh, falafel. Oh, we my got God. a good one there. Did you guys go to, you guys went to Amsterdam falafel. Yeah. yeah. This was amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You ever pay in Bitcoin for your meal? I didn't know you could pay in Bitcoin there. Yeah. You could pay in Bitcoin and you could pay in Euro there. We're getting really DC on this. This is getting, yeah, uh, we this can is... get, we can get more DC if you want. Yeah. I'm not afraid. Moco. <laughs> Moco. Whack. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Bubble. Yeah. Bubble. Yeah. Uh, Gene. Uh, work. Work. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's all I got. Uh, oh, yeah. That was fun. Yeah, that was great. I uh, I I was really really. St- oh, thanks for the yeah, thanks for the pity applause. <laughs> Appreciate it, guys. That's my. It was for them. It was for them. Oh, <laughs> yeah. thanks thanks thanks, Bilko. Uh, I really liked that game. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know you hadn't noticed that the the songs were either four or five letters, save for matches, which is six, I believe. I guess that was like this is the thing when all and those fungus. songs. Oh yeah, fungus is six. Oh fuck! All right, we when did we fours were, and six when we were. <laughs> When all these songs were were written, or at least when the first iteration of the songs were written, i.e. the demo, mm-hmm. the way that I would make demos and just save them on Ableton was just type in a word, like mm-hmm. the way that I like, like for example, Fungus was just like, I just was making the demo of pre-lyrics, pre-vocals, anything, just like a backing track essentially, and I just typed in Fungus. Mm-hmm. And then for FOMO, just typed in FOMO. And Crocs just typed in Crocs, and then when I sent them to everyone else for like, like you know their opinions, Sawhill just wanted to keep the names. Yeah, and I guess that was just the way it was. But then the lyrics kind of like came somewhat around. Like FOMO, for example, like the lyrics are pretty similar to FOMO. Yeah, it's kind of a subconscious exercise in some ways, though. Mm -hmm. Like you know, if that if that's the initial vibe that you are getting from the track and sticking with that through all through the end of the track production, it's kind of interesting. There's another demo on there that I was, because I I have had to go back into the Ableton a lot because we use Ableton when we play as a duo. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was a demo that I, uh, fun fact, the original 
name for uh, mint was dogs only. Dogs only. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Elaborate on that. Not sure. Oh, all right, just cool. Typed in dogs only. That was just a riff, you know. Yeah. Another one that's funny. That <laughs> do you were you were you like this tracks for my dogs only? Like you know, <laughs> yes, this is the, the, just yeah. for the dogs. This is just this one's just for the dogs. Yes. <laughs> I'd like to shift the focus now a bit towards uh, you know we talked a little bit about the aesthetics that surround Glom as a project uh, earlier, and you know you've mentioned in previous interviews the importance of of aesthetics uh, and their influence on Glom's music. Sean, I think you mentioned by name Wes Anderson. Uh, in a 2019 interview, if I believe, uh, like having some degree of importance as as like as far as his aesthetic on the band, um, and I was wondering if you could elaborate a little bit more about that synergy between like fashion and music, if you don't mind, and I guess moreover, and we can t- we can talk a little bit about the collaboration you did with 316 Factory, uh, and how Thanks. and how that plays into that as well. Um. Well. Uh... The unfortunate thing about the capitalist hellscape that we live in currently is that it's all marketing. Mm -hmm. And I think that how you look as an artist is and how your product looks. This is just looking at it from a pure business standpoint. Mm -hmm. How your product looks is how it's sold. Mm -hmm. So obviously we haven't sold that many units right now. (laughs) But one day, hopefully we will because, you know our product doesn't go bad ever. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that's like one of the most important things in the sense that it's like, it has to look good. It has to be in a way that's like, it's pleasant on the eyes to see. And that's with Wes Anderson's movies at the time of that interview, I was really into, I mean like one of my favorite movies, first time I ever saw it was with uh, Peter and saw Hill. This was in, uh, like 2010 or 2011, we were driving him to the airport in the morning. So we had like hung out before or like at night and then like state, like it was a whole process. Sleepover. Um, yeah, it was a sleepover for sure. Well, we watched uh, Royal Tenenbaums and that was the first time I ever saw it. This was oh like yeah. 2000, whatever. And uh, I was like blown away by the movie, by like the look, like the whole aesthetic, the fact that it was in New York, but they never mentioned that it's in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that had a really lasting impact on me. Not necessarily like the like the physical look. Like I don't like dress like them. <laughs> or mm-hmm. Like I don't want like Glom to look like that. Like in a way, <laughs> like the way that like it's packaged or whatever. But like just the the cohesiveness of the vibe yeah. is very very important to everything that we do. And I think that is something that translates well. I, I hope I'm not sure if it actually does, but like I think that Merit has that where those ten songs like kind of have a part together that they need to be with each other. Let's talk about the second song that yeah. Glom's going to perform for us in the local Bop Studio tonight. Tell sure. me, uh, can, what preface can you provide to the track that you that the two of you are about to perform for us? So this song was written. Um, the title of the song, the working title of the song right now is Twelve Twenty One. Not sure what it's actually going to be called, but with the time it's. If, if history serves, I imagine it, it will, will be probably <laughs> it will probably be twelve twenty one. But yeah. it was it's not actually twelve twenty one. It was written on one two twenty one. Mm. So whatever. <laughs> it is about you know the song. Weirdly enough, um, it should by the time this podcast comes out, it should is this a podcast? Yeah, it's a podcast. Okay, by the time this po- where oh are my we? God. <laughs> By the time this, if you're p- a podcast, you can edit things. Yeah, that's right. 
Uh, by the time it's a po- by the time the podcast is out, the song will be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I will say about it, what's funny about it is that when the lyrics were written, I didn't think it was an environmental anthem, but it kind of is. So, environmentalist anthem. Yeah, yeah. that's that's so that's deep, true. dude. Man, what the hell? Didn't know. Yeah, good yep. to know. Well, Glom performing 1221 right here in the Local Bop studio. Check it out. Peter, thank you so much for coming on the show. My very last question for you is a two-parter. It's the first one is: Do you have any parting words before we wrap this up for anybody's listening at home? And I guess again, the uh, secondary part is: What can you tell us about the last track that you're going to perform for us in the local Bob Studio? Yeah, the parting words would be: Please stay tuned. I think we um, we have more stuff coming. And we have like really thrived on any little support we've gotten uh, via streaming services or just Instagram, people reaching out. 
whatever it might be, things like this, shows where we meet super fans. <laughs> um, and, and so it's really like often is said, like that's what I think gets us back in the studio. And like, um, you know, I, I don't know how many albums we in, intended on making when we started this, but as long as there are people who like at least pretend to want us to continue making music we probably will yeah so just yeah. like yeah keep it up if you That's want a very, more. a very convincing charade yeah. <laughs> yeah well i think that um actually peter and i were talking about this on the way here um i think that the, the way that our culture is now you people you are flooded with levels of success that are somewhat unattainable Mm -hmm. Uh, like whether it be on like TikTok or like Instagram or YouTube or anything like people are viewing these people and they they're like extremely successful or like their growth is like so crazy over Mm -hmm. like such a short amount of time and I think that that's like kind of dangerous but (laughs) that's a whole nother topic Mm -hmm. (laughs) but when it how that relates to us is that when you zoom in at least for us when we're viewing, when we're looking at where we are and where we have, where we have come from and whatever, we are extremely fortunate and extremely grateful for everyone who has supported us and, you know, motivated us to keep going because just looking at it, it's like, yeah, we have the best fans in the world. We are extremely lucky. And that's, and I don't want pe- I want people to think that I want people to know that we are, uh, appreciative of that because mm-hmm. it means a lot lovely and uh and what can you say about the last track you're going to perform well here's the thing about fomo we can do <laughs> fomo we'll do fomo probably but fomo was cursed for the last three shows yeah, yeah. um at the piano show that you were at yeah it b- literally blew up on stage yeah blew up and the show before that it God. blew up as well it we were yeah. playing outside at the 316 store in nolita and the sun was blazing down on the computer and this crazy heckler walked by at the same time as the song was freaking out. Yeah. So it's cursed, but we'll play it. Let's see what happens in the yeah. studio. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You get ready for a flood. Yeah. Another flood. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to this episode of Local Bops. This podcast was recorded in Bushwick, Brooklyn, and produced by my friend and only son of a preacher man, Billy Coughlin. If you enjoyed Glom's performance, you can find all of their music at newyorkglom.bandcamp.com. Be sure to also follow them on Instagram as well, at newyorkglom. You can find all episodes of the Local Bops podcast at localbops.com, as well as on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Additionally, you can hear the Local Bops Radio Hour every other Tuesday on kpis.fm. Thanks for tuning in. Take care, and Godspeed.